everyone. Today we're talking to Luis Diaz. We talked about the post-migration life of immigrant youth, the lack of representation of certain community, the cultural assimilation problem in America, as well as the exploitative history of photography and works that reinforces certain stereotypes. Luis was born in Mexico and is now based in New York. His work examines themes of migration, citizenship, and care. He was recently awarded the InPhoto Photography Fellowship and the Magnum Foundation's U.S. Dispatches Grant. He has exhibited work at Aperture Foundation, Bronx Art Space, and Baxter Street Camera Club, among others. Let's get into it. Can you briefly talk about your practice and the projects that you've been working on? So my work kind of investigates post-migration life. So thinking about life in America and life back home in Mexico. So it's kind of looking at both sides of what happens when someone migrates, like what's left behind at home, and what is this new life. So a lot of my work, I kind of collaborate with my immediate family and chosen family. So. In it, I try to tackle like more nuances as to how I talk about immigration. In it, like I talk, I love to talk about、um, like family history, especially a lot of us come from very complex family histories of colonialism and citizenship. So within it, I I love to talk about what is citizenship, what does it mean to migrate, but then also try to tackle it through a different lens, like what is family. What are the structures of a family, and、uh, care? Care for me has also become something very important. Like, how does one take care of one another, especially when you think about minorities, how they've been represented? Care hasn't really been talked about a lot. Just like being vulnerable in front of a camera, it's very, very important. But more recently, I was very fortunate to have received the Magnum Foundation grant. I wanted to make a project where I would talk to Latino youth, Latinx youth, and talk to them about their experiences. Because so much of my own practice is about my own experience and my family's experience. So with this new project, I wanted to be more specific about them, shine more light on them. And it's interesting because once I talked to them, I ended up realizing like our stories line up, and it kind of talks about like this larger communal experience. So through making this project, it allowed me to kind of open up how I viewed my work and kind of how I want my work to continue and how I want the images to be read. Because it's not only about myself, but other people within my community. How does their stories or lives line up with yours? Basically, a lot of us have kind of like a very similar origin story. Like our parents came from poor background in Mexico. Either the father came, worked for a long time, saved money, and a lot that allowed us to migrate, or the parents were very poor and decided to migrate as a whole. But then it's also about not only the the migration part, but it's also navigating America because America is a mess. It's a very hard to navigate when you're new to the country, especially when images are everywhere and like not being able to see yourself in them early on. I ended up talking to one person, my good friend, where she talks about that she didn't really see herself and like how she struggled with assimilation and kind of how she wanted to be the stereotypical like white girl with the white parents, the complex psychology behind being like a young kid 
in the United States and trying to essentially live two separate lives where you have this public life that's pressuring you to be American, but then you have your private life that consists of like more cultural, important tradition. Since you mentioned this dichotomy between the private life and the public life, and I feel like your project addressed so much about the private life, have you thought about addressing the public life as well? For me, when I was an undergrad, I started doing landscapes and environmental portraits of places of labor where immigrants perform labor. But for me, public performance and kind of how immigrants are viewed in public can be seen as stereotypical, especially with my family. Like my dad is a, was a construction worker and my mom is a housekeeper. And those can be seen as like very stereotypical roles of like a Mexican or Latino. So for me, I kind of wanted to stay away from stereotypes. And that's why I decided to focus on like private life because there's so much in private in the way families operate in private. That's for me is far more interesting, but eventually, like I want to reassess kind of the work about public because the way immigrants operate public, it's very hidden. A lot of people don't realize, but roads, buildings, grocery stores, everything you eat, everything has been touched by immigrants. So I kind of want to reinvestigate this public aspect of immigrant and immigration. For sure. And also going back to your recent project with Magnum, where you were shooting Latino youth, and how do you tap into that aspect of care with them when they might be strangers, they're not your family? How do you get into that with them? That's kind of where the magic of photography comes into play. First of all, like I obviously when I when I talk to someone, they're probably strangers. There's like that first initial awkward conversation, but it's to talking to them, telling them about the project that they become interested in. If I were able to record like our conversations, like you, you would see like these tiny gestures that kind of start to appear, like they start to loosen up, especially with my friend Christian. I went to shoot him and his mother. And at first his mom was like really tense. And eventually like we started talking, we started cracking jokes And I started telling them about what interests interest me. And then I would see like a small gesture of like the mom just like touching his face, like wiping like a lash. And I would be like, that's beautiful. And I would tell them, it's like, see, that's exactly what I want to talk about. It's like these small little gestures. And I would talk to them about like the poetics behind this and how that reads. And like they love it. And that's what kind of um, inspires me. Because when you tend to think about like uh, Latinx youth, a uh, Latino men, like those are not really things that you would think about, but are things that happen constantly, but we don't allow ourselves to talk about them. So for this project, what are the plans that you have in advance about shooting? Like, what's the community that you're gonna work with, or how do you find your subjects? Ideally, if COVID wasn't so much of a problem now. Like I would have loved to traveled around my community, like gone even like outside my town, my my state, but I was confined to my small little town. I knew that I wanted to shoot like young Latinx people, so I started with my own friends. They recommended me to their friend. It became about establishing a relationship with them that will live beyond this photo shoot. Like I want them to become 
lasting collaborators for the future. It's about finding a community that kind of view the world similar to you and not necessarily that they have the same belief system, but that kind of have the same outlook and how they want to see themselves and kind of like the progression in our community. Yeah, community seems to be a very big part of your work. And this reminds me of the concept of the socially engaged are. Do you see your practice as socially engaged? I consider this project more socially aware. So for me, socially engaged art has like this direct effect on the community, like a more tangible effect, like you're able to see through a period of time. With me, I like to think that my images are is like more psychological in a way, where the images were created out of a necessity to visualize a group of people. So the images kind of become visual aids and poems for the community, where they're able to see themselves, see themselves represented. Again, going back to early childhood development of immigrants, America has a really bad assimilation problem. So being able to see yourself kind of has this validation that your experiences are valid and what you're going through is valid. I want to go back to that gentle moment where your friend Christian's mom is touching his face. And that moment is so special, but if you didn't take a photo immediately, or if you don't reconstruct that scene, that moment would just slip away. So, could you talk about if there is a part of your shooting experience that is meaningful to you, but kind of get left out from the final presentation of the photos? Yeah, for sure. And even going back to that specific moment, so when you're presented with an image, it's like a two-dimensional object where you're able to see a subject like a foreground, middle ground, and background, and that's all you get. But what you're not seeing is kind of like how this image was brought up, like what are the connotations brought up. So for me, kind of something that's really important is like knowing who the person is and like the moments that happened before the image was taken and after the image was taken. So those initial conversations that I'm having with my subjects are very important, and the conversations that I have of them afterwards. Because when I take pictures of other people, I allow them to look at the work and have a say in like how they want their images to be presented. But then also something that I don't expect people to get right away is kind of I shoot a lot with a four by five camera, so that in itself it's a very labor intensive. I like to think of like a labor of care and love. Because when you're shooting an exposure, it can take anywhere from ten to fifteen minutes. But I think overall, the conversations that are happening around the、uh, visualization of the person is really important for me. Because I don't want to shoot them in a way that they're not comfortable. Because I think that's obviously going to be showing. So I allow them to collaborate with me. I tell them is like think about what is the best version of yourself, or what is the version of yourself do you want the world to know you for? Photography has such a violent history of how it represents non-white folks. So for me, having their permission and kind of having this collaborative image making process, it's very important because right now what we're trying to do is we're trying to create images that are the most truthful to our experiences. We don't want to create images that kind of Victimizes or criminalizes. We want images to celebrate us for who we are. So, in a way, you're abandoning this exploitative history. Yeah, and photography like has had a long history and still continues to have like very exploitative. Like, there's so many photographers that have like this very exploitative practice. Like, I call them drive-by shooters, 
where they go into a community, they take the images that they want to take, and they leave. They don't bother to have conversations with the community. They don't bother to do their research. It's like they come into a community where they have ideas of what the community is and what the community looks like. So they go in and they take the images to reinforce these notions that they come in to begin with. So when you are talking about this, do you have any photographers in mind? If you think any white photographer that worked for National Geographic before the '90s, all of them, but like more recently, there's this photographer. His name is John Moore. He's like a Magnum photographer. And the thing is, like with this man, he's built an entire career of shooting immigrants crossing the border, the border between Mexico and the U.S. Part of me kind of like sees why the images are important because it's like important photojournalism where we're able to see. But part of me finds it really predatory. I kind of refer to him as like a vulture, because he goes and makes these images, these kind of very horrific images of immigrants. And because he has a platform, those images get picked up. And then because he's well known, they're going to be shown everywhere. And that's how the narrative is going to go using his images. Jumping back to your work, I want to talk about how it's so rich in signifiers. Especially in this one image where you position an empty birdcage on a barren ground, could you break down the meaning for us? That image was created when I went back home to Mexico. I went and visited my grandmother, and basically, I found this birdcage. That birdcage used to be my birdcage where I had a little bird. And when I immigrated here a year later, my bird died. So for me, that birdcage was kind of、uh, symbolic of that, but it became. Far more symbolic because I started thinking about the birdcage as kind of the United States. There's this really famous Mexican song called La Jaula de Oro, where the group Los Tigres del Norte they refer to America as the golden cage, where it might seem pristine and beautiful, but it's nothing you can't really escape. It's also supposed to kind of confuse you because there really isn't a horizon line. It, you're just like really thrown. In there, and kind of through the cracks, you're trying to find something in the cage, but it really is empty. I try to talk about this experience of feeling caged in, especially like when you begin to think about citizenship and citizen status. Like I'm very fortunate in being a citizen, but I have family members who are undocumented, and that image like becomes far more symbolic for them. But then. It's very confusing and disorienting. It leaves you with far more questions than answers, and that's something that I'm really I'm starting to become really interested in. And it's like giving just enough for you to begin to think about what has happened, but not really enough to conclude. So I know that you've been exploring migration and biculturalism for a really long time. So how does your practice evolve over the years? For the past maybe five years that I've been doing photography, from the very get-go, I was really interested in my community. But from the beginning, my understanding of the community was what I grew up with. But then also looking at images of what I'm told I am. So for me, at very early stages, I was really interested in in challenging those images. Slowly, my practice started to Evolve where I wanted to instead of challenging them, I wanted to replace the images, and then it's also 
slowly understanding that we're part of a system and kind of uh, systemic issues in America play a big part as to how we navigate the world. So it's like understanding this through time that has allowed me to get to the point where I am, where I have a historical context, a contemporary context, and that allows me to reimagine a future as to how I want my images to live on. So what's that future like? Future? Yeah. Previously, I was really interested in history and the past. I started to realize the future is far more important. So kind of those images of care that I've been talking about are part of the future. Creating these images of care, of cultural and familial embrace are really important as to how I'm envisioning the future. And it's also about celebrating the people and viewing them other than their labor. Especially when we think about immigrants, we tend to tie labor to them. But we are far more than the labor we perform. We are like, we're your mother, we're your father, we're your sibling, we're your neighbor. And we experience the world just as you do. And people don't tend to view us like that. So I've seen you made projects into books. What do you hope to express with it becoming a book? So for me, books have been such an important part to my practice, not only because of like the uh, narrative component that comes into a book, but then it's also about having my work be accessible. Like having a show, a gallery show, or like institutional representation is great. When you have a show, like that work is only living in a very specific place that a lot of times my community wouldn't really have access to. Allowing the work to live in a book allows it to have a larger reach and a lot of people could have access to it. Because for me, when I, when I was an undergrad, I had a really hard time finding books or any kind of work that would talk about my experiences or at least like allude to it. And books ended up being really important in that. I was able to find Latoya Ruby Frazier's The Notion of Family that literally changed my practice. But then also Larry Sultan's Pictures from Home and Dina Lawson's monograph from Aperture. I mean, I knew her work before her Aperture book, but just like having a physical thing that I'm able to look at it whenever I want became so empowering. It's just books are power and people who have access to them can get to contribute to that reimagination. Taking our talk to a larger perspective, I'm wondering if you have like a community of artists or photographers that you would get together and then talk about each other's work? That's such an important question, especially for a lot of us young artists that are coming out of school. What I will say to people is like, Finding friends that understand your work and that will challenge you is so important. I don't really have like a traditional crit group, but I have a really good group of friends who understand and appreciate my work. People that understand you, appreciate you, that see you, that validate you. And, but then it's not only your art friends, people that come from academia. It's also everyday people like my subjects. I love talking to them and showing them their image. They might not be able to tell you is like, oh, I love this reference to Sargent or I love this reference that you did to Latoya Ruby Frazier. But they might be able to say, I've experienced this. Oh, I know what you're trying to say. And for me, that's really important 
because at the end of the day, you need to think about who are these images for? Are these images for academia or institutions? Or are they images for your community? This is the end of the episode. And if you want to see more of Luis's work, please visit luismds.com.